0: Like a band of gypsies, we go down the highway we're the best of friends This is a Cross Grace Lutheran Church sermon podcast On August 30th, 2020, we gathered to worship and concluded our month-long sermon series on the road again Jesus has left the building Pastor Mark Abel preached on the story from Acts chapter 9 verses 1 through 22 I can't wait to get on the road again I can't wait to get on the road again. I can't wait to get on the road again. So, on the road again, Jesus has left the building. Not always Jesus. We've heard about Jacob on the road. We've heard about the Good Samaritan on the road. We've heard about Elijah on the road and up the mountain. We've heard about um, those two disciples last week on the Emmaus Road with Jesus. And so today we're going to hear about Saul on the road. Our reading for this morning is from Acts 9, verses 1 through 22. Meanwhile, Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, Why do you persecute me? Saul asked, Who are you, Lord? And the reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you'll be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice, but they saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying, and he's seen in a vision a man named Ananias. Come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately, he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He's the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem among those who invoked this name? And has he not come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests? Saul became increasingly more powerful and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. Here ends our reading for the day. So just to recap, Saul, a good, faithful, perfectly pedigreed first-century Jew, better known as Paul to most of us, he was persecuting other Jews for following Jesus. He had the blessing of the high priest who sanctioned the threats and the murder that he breathed against those early disciples. And on the road to the city of Damascus that day, while Paul was still called Saul, He was blinded by the light before it was a hit song. He started hearing voices and then couldn't eat or drink for three days. He heard the voice of Jesus, that is, and all the rest was prepping him for the big change, the life-changing transformational conversion that was to come for him. Meanwhile, somewhere in the city of Damascus, Ananias, an already faithful follower of Jesus, someone who knew about Saul's wicked ways, started hearing voices too. The voice of Jesus, telling him to go out, find Saul, lay hands on, and heal his enemy, this man who would have killed him if given the chance, perhaps. Ananias was to heal Saul from the blindness that struck him on that road to Damascus, and Ananias did what he was told. Saul got healed and the scales fell from his eyes, and Saul became Paul, who we know to be the first greatest evangelist, missionary, and church planter in all of Christendom. Now, I'm probably more cynical than I should be, or at least more cynical than people expect a pastor to be, but I'm pretty suspicious of call stories and conversion stories like Saul's and others, that I've heard. It's not that I'd ever say they couldn't or didn't happen. That's what someone says they've experienced. I believe them. I just know that sort of thing hasn't happened to me. I'm not sure I have the faith to believe it really could, frankly. And I'm almost certain I wouldn't want it to, because it seems kind of terrifying, actually. Blinding lights, hearing voices, days without eating, something like scales falling from my eyes, thanks but no thanks. But I heard a modern-day version story of sorts that rivals Paul's for my money. It's the story of a white guy named Ken Parker who marched in that Unite the Right white nationalist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia back in 2017, you know the one that pretended to be about protesting the removal of Confederate statues and monuments, but that was really about white power and white pride and blatant racism, according to people like Ken Parker, who were part of it. It's the protest that ended in the death of Heather Heyer, that 32-year-old counter-protester who got run over by a car at the end of the day. Anyway, this event for Ken Parker was just one of many, but also one of the last, where he was breathing threats and murder, just like Saul might have said it, against Jews and people of color as a proud white nationalist, grand dragon even of the Ku Klux Klan. As Ken Parker says it, he was there to stand up for his white race. But strange as it sounds, like Saul, Ken Parker started hearing voices too. Not the voice of Jesus, exactly, but as part of the rally experience in Charlottesville, he connected with a Muslim filmmaker who was creating a documentary about hate groups and at that particular event. Her name was Dia Khan, she was brown, and she was kind to Ken Parker in spite of knowing exactly who he was and what he was up to, and he noticed, and he remembered her kindness, and so his wheels started spinning. Sometime after the chaos in Charlottesville, Ken Parker ended up in another conversation with a black pastor named William McKinnon III. That conversation continued over time, until Ken accepted an invitation to attend Easter worship at that black pastor's mostly black church. A month after that, when the scales had fallen from his eyes, you might say, Ken Parker stood before that same congregation, shared his story, confessed his racist sins, and was welcomed with hugs and handshakes and grace in spite of it all. Ultimately, to be baptized into the faith in that place to complete his own life-changing transformational conversion. Now, while I can't not love that story, I don't think Ken Parker is the star of it. I mean, I'm not as impressed or inspired by Ken Parker, the grown white supremacist knucklehead who finally saw the error and the terror of his racist ways. I mean, I don't think he's really the hero here or the kind of example or inspiration most of us need, from what I can tell. I'm more impressed and I'm more inspired by the likes of that filmmaker, Dia Khan, the Muslim woman, who is able to be kind and respectful and patient enough with the likes of Ken Parker, someone who was or would have been none of those things to her, kind, respectful, or patient, I mean, if given the chance. And I'm impressed and inspired, of course, by Pastor William McKinnon III and the people of his church, All Saints Holiness Church, who would so faithfully dare to welcome the likes of their greatest enemy into their midst and to hear his story and to believe in his repentance and redemption and love him because of it. See, they all play the role of Ananias, if not the voice of Jesus, in the story of Saul's big change on the road to Damascus. Ananias the one who healed Saul's blindness and revealed for him the power of God's love and mercy. Like Ananias, Dia Khan, Pastor McKinnon, and the people of All Saints Holiness Church did the Lord's bidding. They confronted their enemy, and they confronted their fears with faithfulness. They overwhelmed Ken Parker with grace and mercy with forgiveness and a second chance. And they showed Ken Parker the kingdom and welcomed him into it right alongside themselves. And that's how I'd like to be. And that's how I'd like all of us to be in the world and in the church more often. Agents of change, I mean, for the brokenness and broken people that surround us. Kind, respectful, forgiving, open to and speaking the language of God's love in Jesus so that our greatest fears will be relieved. So that our hearts and the hearts of those from whom we are so divided would repent and be reconciled one to another so that all sins could be confessed, not in shame or for the sake of ridicule or out of fear, but with the hope of forgiveness and with the holy expectation of redemption. And so that the scales would fall from every eye until all can see the fullness of God's love and be changed for the better because of it, for our sake and for the sake of the world that has so many changes, so much conversion, such transformation, yet to be realized. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.